0: يا من صليت بكل الأنبياء يا من في قلبك رحمة للناس يا من ألفت قلوبا بالإسلام يا حبيبي يا الشافعي يا رسول الله بأمي وأبي فديتك سيدي صلاة وسلام عليك يا نبي
1: حبيبي يا محمد أتيت بالسلام والهدى محمد حبيبي يا, يا
0: محمد يا رحمة للعالمين يا محمد يا من حلّيت حياتنا بالإيمان
2: Okay, we're live. Assalamu alaikum. What's going Wa'alaikum
0: on, Shay? Wa alaikum rahmatullah, barakatuh.
2: Hayakallah, it's good to see you. It's
0: good to see you again, mashallah. Yeah, it's been
2: a few months since our last shoot.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we're... how's TMP doing? Alhamdulillah,
2: TMP's doing all right. How you okay. been?
0: I'm doing well. Allah is most kind, you know. I had a good Ramadan by the grace of Allah. Alhamdulillah. And we we're able to accomplish some things. And... Alhamdulillah. Allah is very very kind and very very merciful Alhamdulillah, how is
2: uh, how's Zaytuna treating you?
0: Alhamdulillah Zaytuna as well I got to spend most of Ramadan out in Zaytuna and, Alhamdulillah, we are able to do a, do a, a Khatam on a, a Tafsir book mashallah During the month of Qur'an Sheikh Abdullah uh, Abdullah Siraj al-Din mm. Rahimullah His book uh, Tafsir Surah Al-Akhlas which mm. is almost 200 pages so we were able to go cover to cover word for word Allah is most kind. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah.
2: Do you mind just turning your mic in a little more for me? Just oh, straighten it. Yes. Yeah, if you just straighten Yep, yeah, that's good. Yes, sir. JazakAllah khair. Um. Yeah, I. Uh, the last time we, we shot was a few months ago.
0: That's right. In
2: New Haven. In Masjid, New masjid, uh, Haven. masjid, masjid al Haven, Tawheed. Masjid al- islam that's right. Masjid, al- masjid, al- masjid al- islam. islam Yeah, <clears throat> Alhamdulillah. We're here now in, uh, I think it's called Avon, right? Avon, Farmington. Connecticut? Farmington. Farmington. that's right, Farmington. And uh, it's a very nice masjid. They have a, a diwaniya room back here. That we're Alhamdulillah. shooting in, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Um How's my shirt, by the way? I know you had a you had a comment about my shirt last time. I got a, I yeah, got a,
1: shirt.
0: a
2: slim, huh? Yeah, shirt's acceptable. Alhamdulillah. 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 Last time it was extra slim, so I switched it out for just slim. So how's this work for you? Yeah,
0: you you're, you're getting there. Okay. You're, you're learning.
2: Should it be regular or does slim work?
0: No, uh, you know, once once you're married, it's okay. gonna be large, so. <laughs>
2: You're getting it. <laughs> okay. Alhamdulillah. So, um, there, uh, so, we're coming back to shoot this podcast because uh, there was something that was picked up recently from, from your last uh, podcast uh, that was uh, misconstrued, I think. And we, we just wanted to take that and expand on it, if that's okay. So, uh, if you want, what I can do is I can I can say the statement that people found controversial. Yeah, yeah And then I you can tell me that. if you want to expand on it, retract, yeah, subtract, yeah. whatever you want to do.
0: You can say it because I... Okay. I'm not good at following up
2: one. No worries. So the, the thing you said was, uh, as Muslims, we recognize the right of LGBTQIA plus people to do what they want to do, but that doesn't mean I'm waving the rainbow flag and advocating for that. And then I said to you, don't we support the rights of all people to live freely? And then you said, we recognize the right of all people. We support the right of people to choose, but we don't actively advocate. So is there anything you want to... Clarify?
0: Yeah, first I want to clarify. Like I think some people jumped on that and said I I'm advocating for LGBTQ Right plus agenda. Mm. So I want to say the and I, you know they could go back to that TMP podcast mm-hmm. and they could check it out for themselves. I said that homosexuality and all of these other things are haram, <laughs> unambiguously. Okay. I said they're haram I, I said that uh we don't advocate for it i said that uh that transgender women competing against biological females is insane mm-hmm. i said there's no quid pro quo in terms of you know you do me a favor i do me a favor uh and so I, I, I really, I thought I made it unequivocally clear yeah. where I stand on the issue. But that, that, that statement that you just read, and I, I said it mm-hmm. I, earlier, I said in the context of a pluralistic society, right? we can't police people's behavior. Right? There's no way. If, if you cannot police people's behavior, that doesn't mean uh, you endorse you to advocate it. So let let me let me be clear. Our job is to make dawah. Our job is to present Allah's Deen. And as I said, and Allah's Deen, those things are haram. They're forbidden. Mm. And that's what we present to people. They're free to choose, right? I mean, they can't choose. They're, we can't police behavior. So we present the truth. This is haram. We present arguments. I also said, I think this is very important. I recommend it. I didn't recommend people to read some uh, some vague, ambiguous writings on the matter. I said, you should read Mubin Vade's right. recent Muslim Matter article on this, mm-hmm. where he clearly lays it all out. I'm in complete agreement with with, with what he laid out. I said, go read that. All right, And so we, what I'm saying, we can't police people's behavior and we can't police their choices. Mm-hmm. So someone's going to tell me people aren't free to choose. That doesn't mean I encourage their choice. That doesn't mean I endorse their choice. That doesn't necessarily mean I respect their choice. But I can't say you can't choose this particular lifestyle in a pluralistic society. Mm-hmm. And what I will say, I and if you do choose it, I will continue to convince you that that is not a healthy choice, either for yourself, particularly if you're a male. There, There's certain uh, health consequences. Mm-hmm. And it's not healthy for society. And if, if it becomes illegal as it is in some states to present that message, I'll go to jail for it. So that's what I meant, that you cannot, people are free to choose. We cannot police people's choice in a pluralistic society. We're not in an Islamic society. We're in the United States of America. Hmm. We can't control people's choices. We can tell them you should not choose this course. I think what I said is is clear. It should be clear in terms of that's not a choice I endorse. That's not a choice I encourage. Mm. That's not a choice I would want anyone to make. But if yeah. you do, you're free to do it, and the consequences, uh, and in this world, or in the other, in the afterlife, if you uh, those consequences, I I will make known to you. Mm to the best of my ability, as a way of discouraging you from making that choice. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's, that's what I meant. If that's still problematic, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to find a way to, to make it clearer or plainer.
2: Yeah. Or no, I think it was it clear. Alhamdulillah. Um, so, and just, just to understand this, maybe this question is, is a little bit too basic and might need to be expanded on. But is it, can you ask this question, is it, is it haram in Islam to be gay? Is it okay to ask a question just like that Or should you actually go into the nuances Of what it means to be gay
0: I think you have to go into the nuance. The bottom okay. line is Certain lifestyles Or the homosexual, transgender All of these things Lesbianism they're, they're, The Islam is clear about those things And historically has been clear And even to the point Of many would argue And I would agree with them that until uh, very recently, most people, Muslim or non Muslim, would understand the clarity of Islam on those particular issues where they would say, Hada, min This is something known to be a part of Islam without any need to examine it. There's no need for any further examination. So if, if you, if you, uh, Ask the average person in a place Even non-Muslim person In a place like Newark or Philadelphia 20 years ago And anywhere else Going back to the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Hey you know anything about Islam Yeah I know a little bit What do you know Like the Muslim greetings Assalamu Alaikum. This is the average non-Muslim Hasn't studied Islam Yeah The Muslim greeting is Assalamu Alaikum assalamualaikum brother the women cover their hair Muslims don't eat pork Muslims don't drink alcohol muslims aren't supposed to be gay that's uh that's something that the average person out there unambiguously knew mm-hmm. I about 12 years ago I I sometimes listen to the radio see how the other side lives so I used to. Have, Occasionally listen to Rush Limbaugh mm. and the sophistry on there. I, I couldn't just have truths and I couldn't yeah. stomach it for long. But I listened to Rush Limbaugh. I listened to Michael Savage. And one day Michael Savage was saying, this was about 12, 13 years ago. Uh, one thing about the Muslims, they're straight on this whole LGBTQ thing. Like the Muslims know this stuff is forbidden. And I'm like, man, if he could see us now. <laughs> <laughs> so the, but the point is, these these things have known in terms of their ruling is unambiguous. Mm. It's, it's not something that anyone will have to research. Okay. And so I think the what behooves us, and this is one reason, contrary to what uh, some people would lead others to believe I th- I think I've been very outspoken and vocal on this issue uh and through various uh fora in any case uh why why is it important and again I think this is a point that Mubin Vade was making that this this is something that is eroding the religion. And and so if you take something that historically has been known to be forbidden, and now you have almost a whole generation of Muslims over the course of the last ten, fifteen years, are saying, well, you know, what's wrong with these practices? What's wrong with the person indulging in in these things? So now something malum in debitorura is becoming something. Uh, for many people, permissible and defensible. Mm. So it's one thing to even think that, okay, what's wrong with this? It's another thing to not actively defend and condemn those who are saying some of the things I'm saying as being homophobic, as being a hater, as being narrow-minded, backwards, uh What's happened? I think that, that's very important to understand, that this is part of a wider agenda. Mm. It's, its roots, philosophically, are in postmodernism uh, and, and a, a number of theories that postmodernism has bred from decolonization theory, critical race theory, uh, third-wave feminist theory, queer theory, uh, there's a number of uh, positions that have come together and so from a critical race theory into the idea of intersectionality and mm. place Muslims in this grid of oppressed minorities who are natural allies. And so if I come out against this agenda, I'm rejecting my allyship. I'm therefore participating in my own oppression or joining the oppressors and oppressing others that I should be in solidarity with. And this this thought is consciously designed, in their words, to disrupt, ideally to destroy traditional society and values so that a new society can be brought into being based on a new set of gender relations, a new set of how we relate to each other. And that, that destruction uh, is, is, is not considerate of Islam and Muslims. Only if, if Muslims accept the parameters that are defining an acceptable Islam. Mm. Otherwise, you'll see uh, Muslims being trampled on, kicked to the curb, dis- disrespected, uh, as, as much as any other so-called oppressive group. Mm. And a, as Muslims uh, Muslims who buy into that, I think buy into it uncritically and don't look at the deeper roots of the agenda and their implication for society. You're, you're talking about anarchy. and the advocates, some of whom are anarchists, could care less uh, because uh, the the hierarchy, that's coupled in the the theoretical view with patriarchy and other despicable social phenomena are to be destroyed, mm. and that destruction doesn't build, doesn't necessarily entail anything positive being built in its wake. So it's, it's disruption and destruction, and that includes. All traditional religions. All traditional religions. And so this is a threat to Islam. And that's why I started, when I began to perceive that and to understand that, I started to speak out against it. And I think it's reached a point now where we have to be as clear as possible Mm. and as unambiguous uh, as possible. Because I, I, I believe some people wouldn't go this far. I believe that uh, the future of the religion is in the balance. If you, if you have a religion that's based on revelation and revelation presents a, a set of things one should do or not do mm. based on wisdom and based on benefit, maslaha, there are benefits that are being advanced, be they personal health, public health, uh, be they personal uh, psychological stability, there's a number of, of interests that are being advanced. And despite that, you're saying this is bad, this is wrong, this is harmful. What a person who's living that reality at a certain point will say, you know, as unfortunately many people are, what's the point of Islam? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if Islam is so incongruous, with what I believe, you know, if, if Islam is so inflexible that it can't accommodate my preferred pronoun, if Islam is telling me, which it isn't, that I have to be insensitive to people who are only trying to love someone, if Islam is telling me that uh, I can't defend a an entire class of people who've been historically oppressed and Islam is about justice. Then what's the point of Islam? And believe me that's one of the consequences of what's happening.
2: Right. And, yeah, and, and an added question there that we got from some of our viewers actually was, okay, so if it is haram and forbidden to be gay, why did Allah create I, people I didn't that way? Say, I,
0: didn't, I didn't say that. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not giving a ruling. Hmm. Her certain actions are haram. Okay. There are people who feel that they're afflicted with same-sex attraction. Okay. They don't act on it. I, I would say someone who believes that they're so, so afflicted and they restrain themselves. I have the utmost respect for. I say that openly. As for one who fears the time, they will stand before their Lord. And they deny their souls the things it inclines towards. Say, so I feel this attraction, but I know it's haram to act on it. فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةِ هِيَ الْمَأْوَىٰ Paradise will be their final abode. So I, I, I think we, we have to be clear. And I think that's one that we're not talking about black and white, apples and oranges. That there, there are no gray areas that require deeper thought and introspection. So uh, certain actions are haram. But people feel they're challenged in particular ways that challenge is a challenge to be overcome and some people might say well, well that's cruel or uh, other people are challenged there are people who are heterosexually challenged you have a tremendous uh, attraction a guy for example for females you know every one they deem, a beautiful woman walks by, their heart starts palpitating, <laughs> they start sweating, but they can't afford to get married. Yeah, And the time when they can't afford and their circumstances would allow them to ca- get married isn't on the horizon. They have to, they have to uh, control their desires. Mm. They have to suppress their desires. Do you, uh, you think that's easy? There are people afflicted with a, a wide array of things that would lead them to engage if they were to act on the, the, the passions or the inclinations that those afflictions, uh, those challenges uh, present within their souls and to their souls, they will be engaging in haram. So it's not just homosexual acts, it could be heterosexual acts. Right. And another, another thing when, when we say, when I say, mm. that looking at the future of Islam, looking at the future of humanity, now there's, uh, there's tremendous pressure to accept the whole idea of transgender, transgender surgery lifelong long hormone treatments.
2: So I want to jump into that, but just before so if we could just wrap up the, the first part of this. Okay. So if you could say something conclusive, a summary of everything you just said, can you say the view is that in Islam, homosexuality is a test from God?
0: No, I'm I wouldn't, I wouldn't word it like that. Okay. I would say the perception or for some people their reality is that same sex attraction is something they're afflicted with. Mm -hmm. Or gender dysmorphia is something they're afflicted with. That Acting on those things in ways that might lead a person to engage in homosexual actions Mm. or lead a person to engage in a, a radical transformation of their physical nature they're not going to transform their gender because mm-hmm. you're ex or XY for for life. But to engage in a, a surgeries, to engage possibly in castration, mm. and so there there are people who will condemn you for getting your child circumcised. Yeah, they say this is this is male genital mutilation. Well, yeah. if you cut the whole thing off in the name of the gender dysmorphia, this is liberation. Alhamdulillah. You know, I, I. so, if you act on those things in ways that are haram, that's what's forbidden. Okay. That's what I would say.
2: Got it. Okay, inshallah. So, uh, then stepping into transgender, what's what's your take on transgender Muslims?
0: As I said, you know, if you get a fake book, there are debates as... Can you uh, cut a unibrow?
1: Mm.
0: Can can a woman uh, pluck facial hairs? Mm. These things are discussed, and there are opinions that you cannot, and there are opinions that you can. But there are opinions you can't. When we talk about uh, gender transformation, you're, you're talking about cutting whole parts of your anatomy off. You're talking about lifelong hormone treatment. These these things are entering into a realm that many angles uh, from the divine inspired law, from Sharia, those doors should be shut. Mm. And why? Because one of the principles of leading legal rulings is what's called another uh, looking at the long-term consequences mm. of things now don't cur- don't uh, curse your your father who would ever curse their father you curse another person's father and then they're in retaliation they turn around and curse your father you're the cause of your father being cursed right so looking at the long-term implications of things it be it would be difficult for someone to argue that based on personal desires, whatever the roots of those desires are, we can say a person can radically alter their physical composition Once you make that argument, you, you have no argument against transhumanism or what people like uh, Kurzweil talk about in terms of the merger of the uh, carbon-based bio, bio, biological human and the silicon-based uh, robotic human. Mm. What's what your based on personal desire? And now with the capability of, of CRISPR, genetic mm. uh, alteration. Uh, number one, I can design my, my baby. I, can, I want someone who can jump like Michael Jordan, but has the brain of Einstein, yeah. the eye color of Elizabeth Taylor, an <laughs> actress with very unique eye color. Uh-huh. And you, uh, And then you go beyond that and uh, I'm willing to have an artificial arm because I want them to be a Latter-day Cy Young, the very famous baseball pitcher, the awards named after them. And so robotic arm, and where does it stop? Once you get onto that slippery slope, and once you accept the premises of an argument that can be expanded, to accommodate things that many people would consider uh, un, un, unconscionable, what what would lead us to argue that we should not shut the door at the very beginning? Mm. And so I think this whole door should be shut right now. Otherwise, we, we get into uh, some very murky uh, ethical and moral uh, dilemmas That are unprecedented in human history
2: So so what about for people That already went through the door Before it was shut Like for example you have a, a Transgender Muslim that comes to the masjid He's clearly a man But he's wearing a hijab And he wants to pray on the sister's side Is that okay?
0: I think people who Place themselves consciously And knowingly In a third category Have to accept What they allege that they 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 that they allege they accept anyone anyway. A lot of advocates of alternative gender identities and alternative sexualities uh, condemn the gender binary. Mm. But when it comes to practice, they want to firmly situate themselves in the context of the gender binary. So the trans a uh, woman wants to compete with the girls and mm. not with other trans athletes in a third category. The the trans man, oh, I hope I'm getting that right, wants <laughs> wants to sit with the sisters in the masjid, yeah, and not in a third space. You say, okay, listen, those are the women over there. These are the men. You yeah. sit there. We'll make a third space for trans Muslims. No, I must sit with the women. I thought you rejected the gender binary.
2: So that's the solution, then they should have their own space.
0: I, I say, if if, if you're, you're going to uh, try to be accommodating, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sports and oh well, only, this is only relevant in sports for trans women. Yeah, because a, a woman who becomes a man, ninety-nine percent of the time, or or thinks she become a man, she's still a biological chromosomal woman yeah uh isn't going to compete competitive against men mm-hmm. you can have all the hormone treatment in the world all the steroids and testosterone but it's just so but the other way around i'm here we're here right now in the state of connecticut there was one guy who was competing in a high school track and broke 10 records that were held by 10 separate uh female runners yeah or the, the, the swimmer mm-hmm. at the University of Pennsylvania is smashing all records. As a man, the guy was ranked 401 in the world. Wow. And now he's breaking all the women's records. So, uh, like I said, that to me, that's insanity. So, so and, 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 yeah. and the solution for people who have, as you said, gone through that gate is you have a third category. So, in the mesh, and a third space,
2: right? So, where does that where does that fit in when you have the mesh, the, the salah? The men are in the front, the women are in the back. You put trans behind the woman,
0: you know, that's something I haven't thought about, and so that requires some thought. And so, no worries, I'll leave it at that. Okay, Inshallah, no worries. So, th- and I haven't encountered yeah. it, no one's you know presented me. I haven't. Been in a masjid leading the prayer, and someone's come up, Imam Zaid. That there's this person, yeah, the big guy over there with hijab on, <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah. So if if it did happen, if someone came to your door and said, Imam Zaid, where's the sister side? And it's a man, and he has a hijab on,
0: I say, uh, my dear brother, you're not a sister. Yeah. And so, you know, you can, you're free to pray right here, or we can make a space. We can make a space. You know, we can make a We'll find a space. I won't say where that is, but <laughs> we'll find a space.
2: I hear you. Okay, inshallah. May
0: so, Allah have mercy on
2: everybody. I mean, I mean, so, so that's for, for, for Muslims. We have maybe some situations for Muslims in, in, in that category. What about for the, the non Muslim LGBT community? Sometimes they invite, I heard about a situation in UCLA that they invite the Muslim community. In Ramadan to have iftar iftar with them, can you go to an iftar with the LGBT? Community? Like, can you treat them as an interfaith community?
0: That's not a faith, right? It's not. As I said earlier that, from many people, will see that as an erosion of faith, mm. particularly in the Abrahamic religions. Now, I think that's very, very important to, to understand yeah. that the the basic premises are not coming from religious people. Right. Most of the people, uh, Foucault, for example, Foucault is an atheist, mm. a homosexual atheist. And Foucault becomes the primary referent for how people interpret their, their religion. Mm. So the, to go back to your question, uh, that's not a faith. That's, that's a, we could say that's a lifestyle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For a lot of Muslims are going in, it's a fad and when when some people make really harsh ill conceived decisions it becomes a, a very dangerous life threatening fad yeah so i think it's very important to understand i think when when i look at this situation at the very root of it is uh, a lot of muslims abandon the caution that's been given by the prophet so sallallahu in terms of who do you take your religion from? Yabna yeah, Umar. ibn Umar, Yabna Umar. Dinuka, dinuka, lehmuka, wa demuka. Faunzur amman ta'khud. Like, this is your religion, it's your flesh and your blood. Mm. Consider well who you take it from. Fa khud, khud aniladin istakamu. Take from those who are upright in their religion, in their character. And don't take from those who deviate. Mm. This is talking about Muslims who deviate. People are taking what amounts to their religion from atheists, from people who have a, a stated agenda to destroy traditional religion. And so that that's a very dangerous situation, and so the, the the question itself: this is not a religious category to be considered. Can you have an interfaith dinner with the Jews, the Christians, the Buddhists, and the LGBTQ people? I, that's a religion. I, I, as, as if you go to postmodernism, it, it's it's a it's a social phenomenon that has the force of religion. In a sense, they have who would amount to. So I'm not saying these people are prophets. Who amount to their prophets? They have their scriptures. You know, they're very influential watershed books. Uh, they have their ulama. So I'd say they have their Foucault's and they have their Leotards and they have their Derrida's and they have their Marcuse's and their Sutter's and they have their Judith uh, Butler's and their Kimberly Crenshaw's and they have their, uh, their Ulama. Mm. and they have their dogmas. And once you sell those dogmas, uh, you find yourself uh, sometimes excommunicated, but excommunication there is canceled uh, in ways that are reminiscent of uh, of ill applied religion. So maybe it isn't a part of an interfaith situation, mm. it's not. That's a rhetorical. <laughs> I but hear I you. I think you get the point.
2: No, I do. Yeah, so if if, if they um <clears throat> They they love reaching out to the Muslim community. Whenever there's a tragedy, there's some sort of shooting, I hear about, you know, from friends and the the MSAs that, you know, they'll reach out and say in, in solidarity that we can come to them they'll put signs in the masjid saying we support you, we love you. When when they come and they invite you to events to show solidarity. Um I know I asked you this question before right. like and I answered there's right.
0: no quid pro quo. Right. If you want but, us to come, we'll come, but there's yeah. no quid pro quo. Don't don't yeah. turn around and expect me to come to the uh, campus uh, gay rights table right. or p- program, uh, you know, there's no quit, pro profile.
2: Right, but but generally, as Muslims and uh, members of the LGBT community unite upon I, common cause, like for example, the the refugee well, rally, yeah. they'll make friends. Is it okay to make friends that if, are-
0: if one if one cannot make friends without being swayed by the lifestyle of your friends, it should uncategorically be avoided Mm. uncategorically be avoided one a parent shouldn't send their child to a college campus if they know that child is weak and 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 uh, easily persuaded Mm. or, or has a weak personality and is always reaching out uh and willing to compromise to be affirmed by others They shouldn't, they will be, I would say, uh, liable before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if they send their child into that situation. Some some children are strong. Like, I'm a Muslim. I don't care what anyone says. I'm wearing my kufi sister. I'm wearing my hijab. I know it's September 12, 2001. I know what just (laughs) happened yesterday. I don't care. They could kill me. I'll be a shaheed. I'm wearing hijab. That's it. I'm going to where I go, I'm doing my normal routine. Some some people are like that, yeah. some Muslims are like that, and other Muslims are like, you know, you're one of them terrorists. No, I'm not, not me, not, <laughs> uh, my name is Juan Gonzalez, I'm Latino, you know, they'll take Spanish lessons. And so you, ha- you have to know as a parent, and just at that level, mm-hmm. it, might, it might be for mature adults, but at that, as a parent, you have to know your children. And knowing your children, you have to know what environment they can be in. Some are going there. Yeah, I'll go. I'm making dawah. We used to, like, be crazy. We're making dawah every every place, man. We're looking at, okay, like, I'm going to have some literature that's relevant to this particular crowd. I'm going to give it out. I'm, I'm going to disseminate it. I'm going to have my pamphlets. And bismillah. And some people go and, like, you know, I don't want to ruffle any feathers, rock any boats. Yeah. So, you know, I think I should go and stand in solidarity, etc. And it's, it ends up being a disaster. You know, you make friends. You don't want to hurt your friends' feelings. You don't want to be the the uh, ugly, bigoted, homophobic Muslim. You know, you want to show that Islam is open, uh, etc. And and end up in very uh, dangerous spaces personally mm. so a person has to know their limitations and if I said if you can't go there and make da'wah and speak to things that you know to be haram and you know to be a threat to the long term integrity while being any the perpetu- perpetuity of society then one should not be in those environments, absolutely not
2: Mm. Uh, I heard from uh, Imam Safwan here at the the Farmington Valley American Muslim Center. He was telling me of a situation in in Avon where they just passed some sort of legislation that allows the schools to teach uh, gender studies at almost at the age of kindergarten or even at the age of kindergarten. And
0: that's, yeah, that's something who, listen, I'm mm. old enough. I'm going to be 66 years old. Mashallah. 66 years old towards the end of this month. Mashallah. I'm old enough to remember when heterosexual education was introduced in the school. It was introduced in high school, and even then it was controversial. So introducing heterosexual education in the schools at high school level was controversial. And now we're we're accepting that our children can be sexualized. Our children can be cast into this uh, uh, whirlpool of gender confusion in pre-K, mm. and if you if you speak out against it, you might be criminally criminally uh, criminally liable. Right, that's totally unacceptable. I will speak out against. It. I will go to jail.
2: So you if a if a Muslim family has a child in a educational institution. Where they're teaching that? Do you think they're obligated to pull their children out
0: if they can't opt, opt out of those classes? Absolutely. Mm. And it's not just this is an issue that's emblematic of deeper issues. Uh, one of the deeper issues is the the inev- inevitable consequence of the obsessive individualism that that uh, liberalism breeds. Mm. To me, that's the deeper problem. That people become so obsessed with themselves. So anything I feel, if I feel I'm this, that, or the other. And leaving the gender things aside, then I should be, have the right to express myself. And even as, uh, I think, Rudolf uh, Steiner, who was an uh, extreme liberal uh, advocate, Even, we remove the caveat, if it harms someone else. Even if it harms someone else, then I have that right. Because no one or nothing should stand between me and my desires. And that, that's, Islam is orienting society and human beings in an entirely different direction. As as we say, so my liberation and that, liberal, hyper-individualistic scheme. My liberation comes through my ability to express my lust, my desires in any way that I see uh, desire, that I deem to be desirable. Mm. We just said, Islam is <laughs> Rabbi That one who fears the time they will stand before uh, their Lord. And they ward off from their souls those things they whimsically desire. Jannah, paradise, is their abode. So our liberation comes through self-restraint. The four cardinal virtues, ghazali, uh, uh, influenced by Aristotle to a certain extent, hikmah, wisdom, adl, justice, ifa, self-restraint. Sometimes they say chastity. And uh shajjah, courage, shajah, courage. And so one of them, the cardinal virtues of Islam is self restraint. And the, the verse we just mentioned is one of the proofs for that. It's restraining the soul from what it desires. At Dunya Mu'min, tul Kathir, the the world is a prison for the believer and paradise for. A person who rejects faith. What does that mean? When you're in in prison, you can't do what you want, when you want, how you want. You Mm -hmm. do what the warden wants, when the warden wants it, how the warden wants it to be done. So you have to restrain yourself when you're in prison. You have to accept in prison, I'm not going to get 99% of the things I want. Know, I, I would like a nice layered cake with cream and pineapple. You're gonna get jailhouse cake, like <laughs> that thin, and you get one slice, yeah. and that's it. You know, I, I would I would like a kiwi strawberry smoothie. Yeah, Are you lucky if you get orange juice, and if yeah. you do get orange juice, it's gonna be from concentrate. <laughs> You're not getting fresh squeeze, and that's it. And, and so, the, the world is a prison for the believer. Hmm. They'll have whatever their souls long for. That's Jannah. jannah. So, whatever the Kafir wants, so, I want to hmm. eat this, I want to pork sandwich with bread that's cooked in lard laced with swine. <laughs> I believer you know? I A believer can't do that. You know? I want to marry another guy. A believer can't do that. I want to whatever. I, I want to pray in a way that is conducive to true mindfulness. Mm-hmm. In other words, I want to pray without Allah. I want to arrive at a state of nothingness. And I just face the sun with my hands extended to the heavens. A believer can't pray like that. You can right. make dua. But you have to go through the movement. ruku, <laughs> Qiyam. Yeah, I I want to do the Sajdah before the (laughs) Qiyam Then come up for Qiyam, you can't do that. Yeah, you're in prison and the warden said you can't do that Uh, So just as many of our acts of worship they're, They're defy they defy what we might deem to be logic why don't we pray four rakats for Fajr before we go to work and we have the time? And two for dhur, when we're at work. Mm. We have a lot of time. That makes more sense. Ta'abudan. As an affirmation of our servitude to our Lord, we accept two at Fajr and four at dhur. Mm. And if no one can bring us a wisdom, we accept it as an affirmation of our servitude, that we're the servant, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Almighty God, is the Lord. And so there might be a lot of things that we long for and lust for and desire, we're in prison, we can't have them. Hmm. And, and that's liberation. Because when a person can detr- control their carnal passions, and their carnal appetites, and to do that just for the sake of Allah, as we did in Ramadan, that's when the spirit elevates, mm. and that's the source of true human liberation. It's a liberated spirit, and the the liberation that's promised through uh, liber- uh, through a uh, libertine approach to life—just do whatever you want is a lie, and the proof of that lie, we're in a liberal society. Muslims are a small minority. Most of the people aren't restrained by Islam, Many, including many religious uh, communities. And uh, there are a lot of people want to make Islam a reformed religion, mm. where there are no dietary restrictions. There are no sexual, in terms of uh, sexual practices, there are no restrictions. the church has the rainbow flag out front there's no you can do whatever you want you can do whatever you want and a lot of a lot of people are doing whatever they want and to to see how dark that can be read chris hedges yanni uh uh the uh the empire of illusion Mm. the chapter he's talking about like what's happening to women or or the the uh, America, the Farewell Tour, his chapter on sadomasochism. People are doing these things. They're widespread. Pornography is widespread. But the diseases of despair are at an all-time high. And that's it. Alcoholism is at an all-time high. Record number of drug overdoses, particularly opioids, all-time high. Depression. Depression at an all-time high, suicide at an all-time high. Why are the diseases of despair so prevalent when most of the people are doing whatever they want to do? Because that, as a path to liberation, is a lie. And the true path to liberation lies in restraint. The true path to human dignity lies in restraint. A person, who, who do we... Uh, See as preferable. Like, like the child that's running all over the place, climbing up the racks in the store, knocking the peanut butter down, and we got piles of blood broken, or the child that's sitting reverently, patiently, holding their parents' hand, uh, allowing their gaze to be fixed in, in front of them. And, and from their appearance, we can see they're at peace. Someone says, Oh, well, that child's being bullied into. We can see very, so we don't need Freud to tell us what's going on in that child's <laughs> life. We can see a smile. Yeah. We can see contentment. We get an, uh, a sense of peace. Uh, what's preferable?
2: I hear you. So uh, just maybe just one or two more uh, Fiqhi questions. These are these are actually questions from the viewers. I told them that we were planning to talk about LGBT uh, with you, inshallah. So the uh, some of the viewers asked. What's our disposition then towards a Muslim friend that is outwardly living that lifestyle? Can you, for example, let's say he's a classmate. Should you cut him off? He's a friend of yours. If he starts praying, can you still pray behind him? Like, what are the rulings around that?
0: I'll I'll say one thing. You should give nasiha. Hadin and nasiha. Uh, The religion is sincere advice. (laughs) Being sincere to Allah, sincere to the scripture, the Quran, sincere to the messenger of Allah. And giving sincere advice to the leaders of the people and the ordinary folk of this world leader of the Muslims or one of the ordinary folk. Then they have a right to sincere advice. And Muslims should never stop giving sincere fi- advice. Mm-hmm. أُدْعُ إِلَّا رَبِّكَ بِالْحِكْمَةِ الْحَسَنَةِ a call to the way of Allah with wisdom and good admonition. One, shouldn't, one should be very careful to understand the sensitivities of that person so that one doesn't repulse them. Uh, and that's a case-by-case basis. Some people can take it raw. Some people... Take the medicine straight. Some yeah. people, you have to put a lot of sugar in the medicine. And that's a case-by-case case basis, but they have the right to nasiha and the right to counsel. And they have the right to being urged to return to the path of guidance.
2: So let's say they insist upon it. What, what should your disposition disposition if, be? If,
0: if, if their insistence doesn't erode your faith and your confidence... In the traditional course, one should continue and in, in, in insist and persist in in their counsel. If uh, they're wearing on you, in, in in one way or the other, they're making you become very bitter mm. uh, towards them. Uh, or on the or the other, the opposite extreme, they're they're starting to make you question. More traditional views of gender and sexuality, then at that point you should cut them off.
1: Mm.
2: Can you still pray behind this person?
0: Still pray behind the person, Allahu a'lam.
2: Okay, no worries. That's it's, that's yeah. not
0: a political answer. That's that's an answer of bred and ignorance. Mm. I have to look into it.
2: No worries, no worries. Zakalah.
0: It's the first time someone's asked me this question.
2: No worries, zakalah. Yeah, about I. It. Yeah, yeah. um, Nor
0: consulted anyone. Say that again. Nor I haven't thought about it. Nor consulted anyone who would be far more knowledgeable on the issue.
2: No worries. Then, do you have any closing thoughts on this uh, topic?
0: My closing thought is, as Muslims, we have to be Muslims, Uh, and we have we have a program that's allowed for our our societies to prosper Mm. for a very long time, for centuries. And I think it it behooves us to have confidence in that program. On the other hand, I I also think we have to be very careful in terms of becoming extreme advocates of one position or the other. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meaning, uh, as, as opposed to figuring out what is the position of Muslims as a middle community, between an extremely polarized right-wing and left-wing in in this country, plus a degree of polarization that probably could be described as unprecedented. And so I think it's very dangerous for Muslims to become a carbon copy of, let's say, the the extreme, hardcore, evangelical right on a lot of these issues in terms of how we approach it, Mm -hmm. not necessarily on the position itself terms of how we approach it and it's extremely dangerous for Muslims to become a carbon copy and uncritical allies of the extreme left yeah it has a very I would say nefarious agenda why and why do I say that because if our community becomes torn by these extremes it will tear our community apart just as it's tearing this country apart and the unity of the Muslims has priority over our personal convictions. Mm. So we, we have to strive with might and main our personal conviction on, on things that are amenable to various approaches. So we might sincerely believe and hold, uh, I believe is the right position, that abortion is haram, except on a, some well-defined exceptions. And we might believe that the whole LGBTQ plus thing, rightly, is extremely dangerous to individuals and societies, but there are different approaches in terms of how we present an, an Islamic alternative if we uncritically become carbon copies of these extremely polarized positions in terms of how we negotiate them as a community right our community will be torn just as as violently as our country is torn right now right and so what i'm saying is we have to find the best way to advocate for what we believe is the proper position. In terms of affecting wider society, we're not, as Muslims at this point, mm. going to affect wider society. And so, and to a certain extent, the battle that's going on, and this goes back to the very first question, when mm-hmm. I say it's none of our business, in terms of being so passionately committed to one side or the other, right. Uh, the extreme hardcore Republicans or the extremely progressive Democrats in terms of being committed to engaging in that battle with that intensity uncritically we have to be careful because that's going to tear our community apart. And so I'm not saying our position changes. What I'm saying is the battle that's going on. it Certainly, the policies affect us. And we should work to address those policies. But our our foundation is our religion. And our foundation is our community. And if we decide the only way to address the problem is by aligning ourselves uncritically, verbatim, to if the extreme positions that we see, uh, the po- extremely polarized position we see unfolding in our society, then that will tear our community apart. And so I'm not saying that what's haram is not haram, what's unprecedented is not uh, is 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 has some precedent. What's known to be intrinsically, without any examination to be a part of Islam, has changed. That's all as it was. sabit. It's established. It's immutable. But how we negotiate as a community that those immutable positions, particularly amongst ourselves will go a long way in determining how we as a community can successfully affect the national dialogue and discussion Mm -hmm. because only from a position of confidence and strength and unity will we as a community so our priority at this point is while acknowledging what's immutable acknowledging what's unchanged unchanging Acknowledging what's transcended on these various uh, cultural issues. Our, how we negotiate that as a Muslim community has to reflect the teachings of our religion that urge our unity, that urge our being a voice of wisdom and an attractive choice for members of our society at large. We're here for a purpose. And I sincerely believe part of that purpose is to provide an alternative for people. Mm -hmm. But that alternative won't be attractive if it's a reflection of what's going on in our society. And so to, to try to clarify that, uh, the prophets called to the right Some choice and the right path. We have to call to the right path. We have to do that with wisdom. And so how can we sit down and discuss these issues amongst ourselves, first and foremost, and and craft a public message that's going to be attractive to people, That's going to reflect our belief in the immutability, the transcending nature of many of these issues in terms of certain things being prohibited. Yeah. But how can we best present that so that other members of our society and other members of our community find our presentation to be attractive and worthy of consideration? Mm -hmm. As opposed to you know, they're just like those people. And I hate those people.
2: Um, w- with these last few minutes here, if, if you don't mind, or do you want to wrap up now?
0: It's up to you. Well,
2: I'll, I'll just take just a few more minutes, if that's okay. It's just, up to you. Just to discuss one more thing. Um, with with these last few minutes, I wanted to ask you a question because I brought this up with uh, another sheikh, actually. Uh, and... Uh, we had a little bit of discussion on it, but he was kind of running out, and so we didn't, we, we didn't go very deep. But uh, what's your take on um, on the permissibility of uh, a Muslim man that's reaching out to a Muslim woman that he's interested in for marriage, reaching out to her directly, whether in person or online? Do you think that would be okay?
0: Again, see, the, these are questions that uh, aren't simple. Yeah. The reason this one isn't simple, uh, we clearly have a crisis uh, in in our community. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it goes back to this whole postmodern assault on traditional values. This, yeah. this wasn't something that was always there. And on the one hand, on the other hand, you can't have your cake and, and eat it too, as they say. And so if people, including many Muslims, want to endorse this kind of, gender fluidity, want to, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, endorse the emasculation of males. Uh, And meaning specifically, uh, men are the protectors and maintainers of women. So in that context, emasculation, like we don't need your protection, we don't need your maintenance. And so uh, there's an excellent book. It's, it's old, but I think it's, it's extremely relevant. Uh, and that's uh, George uh, Gilder, mm. G-I-L-D-E-R, Sexual Suicide. And he looks basically at what happens in human societies when men are not valued and not upheld as protectors and maintainers of women. Uh, to use the Quranic language. Mm. And what he, he advocates, what happens is sexual suicide, that the sexual balance in society is thrown off in a way that leads eventually to the demise of those societies. And uh, he, he saw it happening. We're talking, I think his book came out around 1979, so early on. Wow. As a result of some aspects of the feminist movement. And... Uh, a lot of what he said is very prescient, and and he, he one thing he, he says he says that uh, once you uh, tell a woman that she doesn't need the protection the maintenance of a man, you haven't freed that woman; you freed the man to oppress that woman, mm. and uh, uh, be, because uh, men. Uh, lose the ability to love and respect women. And when they lose that dem- that uh, ability they become predatory. And so he said one result at that point of what he saw as the feminist movement was the, uh, he said men uh, a a penal society to lock up men because he, he argues that the single male is the most destructive social force mm. in a society. Marriage domesticates men. And a, a child care society to, to where institutions other than the institution of the family and the home become the principal uh, uh, socializing institution for children which brings up another point if I could close on this point Mm -hmm. you know uh, some people apparently misunderstood something I said about uh, marrying Muslim women who are professional women and uh, how this is totally haram and bad for society I prefer that as a matter of fact uh, I'll try to get the quote perfectly when those women are willing to put their careers on the on to the side to prioritize their families and so Islam is universal and so some people took umbrage with, with that particular post which I didn't even post it was done by a third party without consulting me but anyway, what I would say in that regard, uh, what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. a woman might be, I don't know many women, especially who might be a little older and desire to have children and have a family, who won't uh, put their community, their, their career on hold for 20 years to raise a family. And to, to have uh, that that fulfillment, I'm sure there are women out there, uh, and who who would not hesitate to accept the maintenance and protection of a of a real man. And and so, there's a true danger. And before the danger, Islam is for all times and places. There are matrilineal societies that have come into Islam. And those societies, generally speaking, women are, are very strong. But that doesn't negate their the effectiveness of their motherhood. Hmm. And there are patrilineal, patriarchal societies in the traditional sense of the word, not in the modern, postmodern, ideological sense of the word, where men see themselves as protectors, as maintainers, as supporters of women. And Islam is for all of it. Not for one or the other. And you have societies that may have a mixture of both. No matter what the nature of the society is, it's important for men to be affirmed as protectors and maintainers of women. And when you don't do that, as I said, Gaider calls it sexual suicide. Another uh, researcher into the issue, issue Dr. Leonard Sachs said so this is the primary reason that 35 year old men are single in their parents basements playing video games mm. because they haven't been affirmed and valued as protectors and maintainers so you know women they don't need me and so that that becomes a predator that becomes a person that's driving these hookup apps that becomes a person that uh becomes a rapist mm. that becomes a person who not. Uh, to use Gilder's uh, terminology, domesticate himself to the rhythms of female sexuality. Why? Because there's love and there's family. And love and uh, affection for children in the context of family keeps that man domesticated. You take away that Quranic orientation, a rijal nisa And you don't provide any other meaningful substitute, uh, then you're heading for sexual suicide. Leonard Sachs, you're, you're heading for the emasculation of men where men uh, don't want to stand up and bear the responsibility of traditional manhood. If a woman doesn't need me, why should I even try? And so, 30 years ago, 60-40 male to female in Collins University. I have to get an education to get a good job so I can take care of my family. Today, it's 60-40 female male. Wow. In uni- higher education. And she doesn't need me, so why should I go to college? Why should I strive? Why should these these are these are serious issues
2: so so if I see a girl that I'm interested in right just to be oh, to go back to your question yeah, yeah.
0: find out who her father is-huh Uh and, and you know go talk to her father but that that answer there there's some considerations mm-hmm. and th- those considerations just because this is a deep topic yeah but just to to put some food for thought out there. When we have a situation where in many instances uh, parents are so obsessed and selfish that they don't consider the reality of their children. So I selfishly wanted to come to America even though i was from the east side of Hyderabad in mm. india to pursue not to make dawa not to represent islam but to make money yeah and to pr- pursue a particular career so i left my children don't know anything about hadarabad other than what they might have picked up through osmosis through the relatives. And they're part of a, a more generalized American Muslim culture. And they meet someone that's a really nice Muslim, that's Indian,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's practicing. Half of the half of Quran. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, they're from the west side of Hadar. H- I'm from the east side. And so game over. And so in instances where sometimes parents can complicate and frustrate people to the point that many give up on marriage. So when we talk about just staying in your basement playing video games, there's other causes besides what we mentioned as this kind of a, yeah uh, not, not being affirmed in a, in a male role. Yeah traditional male role. And and so there there are a lot of considerations when there are no social spaces for uh, our our Muslim male and females to meet in a constructive way, in an informal way, to see if there's some compatibility, which becomes a factor because we're not in a traditional society. A traditional society roles are ascribed in other words, if I'm from a village uh, in, in Yemen, every girl in that village knows what the, her social expectations are. Mm-hmm. Every guy knows what his social expectations are. To be a, a, a meaningful female, these, this is the way I act. These are the things I do. And the same for the male. Those roles are ascribed. And there's very little deviation from a, an established norm. Mm. Here, there's no description of roles. Roles are constructed in many instances. There are many factors that are feeding into uh, a person's personality, their likes, their dislikes. There are some people, the most important factor in terms of how they see themselves is a song that they heard on the radio driving in their car in eighth well they wouldn't be driving eighth grade (laughs) driving in their parents riding in their parents car in eighth grade and that song hit them from a way that that was definitive in terms of shaping their personality so there's so many variables that there's a need for people to to get to know each other Mm. and a lot of people, parents who might be coming from a traditional society, don't understand that. And I think that leads to a lot of clashes in some instances. So I'm not saying just go straight to the girl because mm-hmm. her parents won't understand. What I am saying is that sometimes uh, it, it might the, a situation lacking in light of the fact we're not in traditional societies, in light of the fact that so many variables go into uh, influencing that the development of a person's personality, that we we have to consider how can we best, within the parameters of Islamic teachings, facilitate uh, more productive outcomes in terms of our young people meeting each other. More productive because there, there are a whole lot of young people who who just give up yeah like, I'm gonna marry a convert I'm gonna marry uh, a non-muslim person it's too complicated yeah a Muslim girl you know there's no guys I'm gonna marry a non-muslim and so you could you could definitely advise and counsel mm. but at the end of the day uh, these these issues are, are very uh, deep yeah and their so, roots are deep. Right. And so there are a lot of considerations within the parameters of halal, haram, property or comportment. And they're, they're, they're considerations uh, rooted in, in the sunnah, the sirah You know, if we look at the sunnah of the Prophet sallam, so and the incidents of marriage and gender relations, we find that a lot of times they're not in conformity to what we might see as some very uh, rigid parameters. So those parameters might be a lot more flexible uh, than we might deem to be uh, Islamic, if you will. And I will recommend those who read Arabic. I don't know if this translate. In fact, there is a, a, at least a section that's translated as a PhD dissertation by a sister in South Africa Mm. is the study of uh, Abu Shaqqa. Tahrir al-Mar'a fi al risala Yeah, I read the liberation it. Liberation of the women. Yeah. And then, so you read Arabic? Yeah, yeah, I do. And so you read that?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I read there's a, a section that speci- specifically talks about the, the woman and her role in society and her, her role in politics. Book.
0: Yeah. Tahrir al-Mar'a fi al risala That's yeah. its whole thesis. But the point is, he assumed... That a lot of what he understood to be traditional conservative gender relations, uh, as they relate to women, was substantiated by the Sunnah. So he only looked at Bukhari and Al Bukhari and Muslim, mm. and as he started his research, he saw a, a picture that was almost diametrically opposed to what he assumed to be the case, and so. I'm not saying nay or yay. I'm just saying that these things are complicated. Human societies are complicated. Human beings are complicated. And Islam is all times and places. And it's a very rich. In its sources, it's rich, as Abu Shaka found out. And in its development, it's it's very rich. So it behooves us to try to understand that richness as we began to answer the kind of question that you post. Mm-hmm.
2: so if if her dad is not around do you think it'd be okay like the setting is there's a you know I'm I'm passing through a coffee shop or it's a, the Ickna convention or something like that can you go to her and ask her for her dad's number and then obviously you if she's huh?
0: also her dad physically isn't around
2: right exactly or, or for example is, you have no idea who this person is,
0: is. Yeah. take the ruling from your heart like, right. as a practicing mature Muslim, knowing your intentions, follow follow your heart, and, and follow the caveat that uh, mm-hmm. right, righteousness is good character. and sin is what causes agitation in your soul. And you wouldn't want people to see you involved in it. Mm -hmm. And so if you're approaching that sister in a way that's causing you discomfort, and you wouldn't want people to see you just roll up on the (laughs) sister like that, then you shouldn't do it. Yeah. If under those circumstances uh, you feel that you have a good intention, you're, you're lowering your gaze, you're being very reverent and respectful, uh, and you're excusing yourself for even asking, but under the circumstance, her father, brother, you don't see anyone, uh, would she mind taking your number? Mm-hmm. And if she might, on this brief encounter, deem you to be someone that could possibly uh, enter into a relationship that will culminate in a marriage, to please give that to her father or brother, yeah. none around to her mother. So you her, ask her would she take your number as opposed to you taking her number oh that makes sense and if, if that if you're comfortable with that then may, may that be something that's acceptable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala
2: yeah but do you have to lower your gaze though because you kind of want to see who she is up front well, like, you, you got that
0: first gaze to even get you to approach her
2: oh okay I see I oh, see I <laughs>
0: would think so, so I you hear want you. the second and third you <laughs> You're like walking Who's that? <laughs> I Who hear are it. you? MashaAllah yeah. Well you know a closer look is always good No closer look can be The one that's from shaytan
2: Okay no the, worries The
0: first one you allow I gotcha The second one could open the door For shaytan to start playing with you I gotcha it, your gaze,
2: So inshallah and I appreciate you Of course so and, d- and yeah,
0: hope that our fathers around so you could just avoid all of this. That's right. Together. That's right for sure.
2: So what about online? Does well, it change I, at all? I, I
0: would say online, uh, that's that's nebulous territory.
2: What does nebulous territory mean?
0: It, it, it means it's, it's it's a realm where there's a lot of unknowns. Mm. There's a lot of deception, uh, and so that and, and there there's a lot of. Uh, Distortions. Like, for example, people will say, present themselves online that they would never do in person. Mm. You know, I, I know people that would, like, what they're free to do. Uh, I, I, I don't think I'm a person that gets into online battles with people. People are free to yeah. criticize, and you benefit from people's criticism. It makes you reassess and think about your own positions and where you might be wrong. You know, there's no Isma except to the Prophets Alayhi so, wasalam so. and to our Prophets so, so. Divine protection from error We mm. are susceptible to error But I know people who are online Would say like some really interesting uh, Possibly very uh, confrontational Aggressive yeah. thing And you see them in person assalamu alaikum alaykum Give <laughs> Give me a kiss like, wait, hold up. I mean, you yeah. know, you're free to, but I mean, what you, You know, what's right. up, you know? So the point being, people in the anonymity of their basement or their closet can present a, a very different image online than who they are in reality. So I would be very hesitant to encourage people to again uncritically engage online if if there's marriage sites run by good people i know good people running marriage sites and these people their reputation is is solid and what they're trying to do their intention is is good and they have a a respectable track record in the community it's a small community things that aren't right they spread very fast Mm -hmm you know i i would say you know that might be something to consider but just jump online and randomly or you're chatting with someone they sound interesting and there's no vetting there's no rep- there's no way to ascertain the soundness of that person i would be very careful
2: so that's not khalwa is it like the isolation between a man and woman which is haram in islam
0: uh-huh. like a virtual khalwa that's what i mean yeah Because some people call that
2: khalwa to send. Stay
0: stay out of the metaverse. Keep your feet firmly grounded in reality. I hear you. And ask Allah for protection. And as a single guy, pray to Allah. If you ask anything, first and foremost, ask it from Allah. Ask Allah to grant you with a a good spouse. And ask that Allah brings her into your life in the very best of ways. I mean, I mean, the very best of ways, and uh, that, that you can have an intention to stay within those parameters that the religion requires or uh, uh, has established, and, and to try to understand them. Mm. The one Allah wants good for gives them a sound understanding of the religion. So we pray that Allah blesses. I, this is my prayer to bless me, to understand all of what we were talking about today I mean. in the best of ways. And to really understand it in, in positive, productive ways. Because we're, I mean. all, we're all amenable to error and mistake. Right. So, yeah, that's it.
2: Okay khair, Sheikh. We can close on that if you. Oh, do you have any other closing thoughts on this other topic?
0: No, no, it's it's not good. Uh, uh, I yani, uh, as they say, I mean, Allahumma salawatu na. It's Escaping me right now. But the second half, I yani, na uh, not mm. at the end. At the end, Rahman, and the haste from shaitan. Uh, deliberateness is from the all merciful and haste is from the Satan. Mm. So I don't want to hastily say something as we close. I hear you. No worries. That, that might open the door for Shaytan. No worries. So,
2: may Allah bless you. Well, yeah. We'll close on this one then. I appreciate you coming out, Shaykh. I know you had a khutbah right before this. So I appreciate you coming out on this uh, Friday afternoon. And inshallah, if you ever want to do another one, just let me know and I'll fly right back up, inshallah. Hey
0: pray people tune in to the TMP. Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, that whoever's on, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about myself, says something that's beneficial mm-hmm. and helpful. And any and we say, du'a kafaratul majlis, du'a for concluding a session. Subhanaka Allahumma, bihamdika, nashadwa in la ilaha illa ant, when a so we glorify Allah, and then we affirm our fallibility by repenting to Allah if we said anything wrong, erroneous, misguiding, misleading, harmful, offensive. We seek Allah's forgiveness when a and we turn to Him in repentance. Inna sallallahu <laughs> ala Muhammad khair.